So we'll be studying through Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 22. And I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll break it down. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 22, verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Ananias, the high priest, Cephas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Verse 7, And when they had... Set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which the, was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there any salvation in any other name, for there is no name, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13, Now when they saw that the, uh, the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man with who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that they may now, from now on, and they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in your sight, in the sight of God, to listen to you more than to God, you judge. And verse 20, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old, whom the miracle of healing had been performed. So we're going to break this down in uh, three parts. Uh, the first part, verses 1 through 4, is going to be persecuted for Jesus' name. The second part is going to be that they testified to Jesus' name, verses 5 to 12. And then we'll finish up with the endured and preserved through Jesus' name, verses 13 to 22. Persecuted for Jesus' name. Now in verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, Now as they spoke to the people, you guys remember last week, or last two of you were here, how uh, uh, the man was begging, and they looked at Peter and John, told him, Silver and gold we do not have, but we, what we do have, get up in the name of Jesus, rise up. A uh, man got healed from his ankle, who was from birth. 
uh, born that way. And the people came and wanted to lift them up and were amazed what had been done through these men and wanted to worship men like they do today. And Peter and John opened, uh, used that opportunity to uh, share the gospel with them. And he went back and spoke with the old scripture about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that's, that was from last week. And now we're going to see him. It says that the, the priests, the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. Now the priests we know uh, were of the son, Aaron, uh, sons of Aaron. And they were authorized ministers of the things of God. Remember they were to keep the sanctuary. They would burn incense. Uh, teach Israel the statutes of, of God. Um, and you also had the high priests. And then you had the Levites who helped in this. Um, for us, these days, uh, there's no longer needed a priest nor a high priest. Uh, it says the Lord Jesus is our high priest. In uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, verses 10, or chapter 10 to verse 21 in Hebrews, if you go through that, it breaks it all down what he became. He became that intercessor for us. He went into the Holy of Holies by offering his body for us. The Bible also says that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So that rendered uh, the priests, when Jesus rose from the dead, invalid. No longer priests are needed. Uh, we can uh, come through God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> um, and then here they have the captain of the temple. The captain of the temple was a chief officer to see that order was maintained in the temple area. It's kind of like police. You know, police in the temple area make sure nothing got out of hand. Um, I wanted to say also that us as Christians, we are a royal priesthood. Second, uh, and Peter chapter two verse nine says that we have access through God. And then you have the Sadducees. Uh, the Sadducees don't believe that there's angels or spirit, or they don't even believe in the resurrection. That's why you're sad, you see. <laughs> it's a joke <laughs> I use it with the kids it's, it's a good one um, the Sadducees were one of the religious sects that there was in the time of Jesus as well as uh, the Pharisees and you can get that in Acts chapter 23 verse 8 so these uh, religious people came upon them after they see him sharing here with the people of, the, of Jesus verse 2 it says that being greatly disturbed that they taught the people in preaching Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They were greatly disturbed. They were grieved, troubled, annoyed. You know, oh, why are you speaking in that name? You know, don't say that name. You know, um, they were disturbed. Remember, like I said, Pharisees, they, uh, the Sadducees did not believe in the, in the resurrection. But it says here that one of the reasons they were disturbed at them is what one was that they taught the people um you know back in those days they, would, they had the priests and the scribes and all them were to teach the law and all that and you have these fishermen just regular people to them <laughs> teaching god's word you know to the people and you know even like today they probably think it's weird that any of us would teach god's word oh who are you what, are you a priest or you my brother we're talking are you apostle who are you you know <laughs> you have that authority to share the bible God's given us that authority. 
to share the Bible. So they were upset also because they taught. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we need to be in God's Word. Um, we need to be wise in God's Word because the enemy is alive and he's out there and he uses people. And we need to be able to point them to the Scripture, what God's Word says, not what I say or anybody else says, but what His Word says. Um, we have that responsibility to uh, study, and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> Second Timothy verse, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we, you know, when people ask us, we should be able to... Uh, through scriptures, guide them, you know, whatever religion they are in, you know, whatever sin they are in, we should be able to uh, point to the scriptures and share with them about Jesus, the way people have shared with us also. Remember, we have the only way, the only truth in the life in our hands, we in our hearts. He's the only way. Uh, imagine that. That's the only hope. That's the only hope. And God has chose to keep us here to be lights for Him. Why He chose it, I don't know, but that's what He did. He, he chose us to save us and to use us to reach others. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, me and my son, we like collect knives and stuff. We got a few knives and stuff. You know, they're cool looking and some are real wicked looking, but uh, God's word, man, you know. Sometimes you want to shake people into salvation, you know. Wake up! What's wrong? Don't you understand? You know. But God's Word says, sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes right to, down past everything. gets to that place that it needs to get. That soul and that spirit needs to speak to that heart. And when we share God's Word, that's what it does. God speaks to the heart. Whether they repented then or years later, we don't know. But we know that God's Word speaks to people's heart. You know, He's the one that wakes them up. He's the one that saves them. Um... And it's a blessed opportunity, you know, if God gives us an opportunity to share and uh, at your work, you know, on break time, you know, you're supposed to be working, but you have break time or after work or people, you just meet Disneyland or wherever, you know. Pray for opportunities uh, to share, man. God wants to use you, you know, especially in the days we live in. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. His, his, his word just cuts through the, everything, man. Revelations 1, 3 says, Blessed is he who reads, those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in them, in it, for the time is near. You know, Paul has been saying it, the time is near. You hear us saying it, time is near. And you see it getting near as you look to Israel or even the world itself, even here in California. You know, a lot of the laws, they're trying to change, and a lot of wickedness going on, man. But... Um, He's still coming, and the time is near. No man knows the day or the hour, you know, but only the Father, you know. And so we need to be ready every day, not to be fooled or slack concerning His promise as some clown sackness. But, you know, God is not a man that He should lie. He's going to come, and he's, He will be here one day. So they were mad that they taught the people. They were also mad that they preached in Jesus. 
the resurrection from the dead, preached in Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 25, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world, this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. Not the foolishness of the message, but of preaching, right? To save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, which we're going to see right here. And Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. They can't understand it. (laughs) You know, how can you say he's the Savior? He died. I mean, he's dead. I mean, once you're dead, you're dead, right, they believe. But he rose again. That's That's the power. He rose again on the third day. You know, all these smart people... In colleges and places, it's just too smart for themselves, you know. It's sad, but God's able to save even those people too. There's not no creature hidden from his sight that he can save. Whether they're smart, not that smart, murderers, whatever it might be, he can save them. And he is wise, God is wise. He created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> the earth is still moving, you got the moon there. He spoke all these things into existence. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15, it says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name of Jesus, whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. We don't know who is going to be, who's not going to be. Only God knows our responsibility is to share it and let God's work take its road, you know, let it do its thing. You know, we've been saved. We know the truth and the life and the way. We know where we were at. We know where we're at today. We know where people are at. We can share with them the way. They might not accept it then. They might not accept it for years. They might not accept it at all, but they might. We need to share. We need to live, you know, our lives for Him. It's the only way. The name of Jesus in Philippians 2, verse 8 through 11 says, And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that, all, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the final end, everybody's going to give glory to the Lord. Jesus, everyone. 
whether they're in heaven with the Lord, whether they're in hell, wherever, they're going to give glory to His name. The name, man, Jesus, it's the name, right? I was thinking the other day, you know, there's some people who named their sons uh, Jesus, you know. Maybe they had a concept, you know, good guy or, you know, think he's a real good kid. And I was thinking, I don't think I ever heard someone call their kid Judas, <laughs> you know. We had Judas Priest, of course, right? I mean, that was bad, really bad Judas Priest, yeah, right? But uh, the name of Jesus, beautiful name, Jesus, Joshua, God is our salvation. Hmm. I remember when they would speak to them and they came to arrest Jesus and Jesus spoke to them and they went back. Non-believers, his word, man, just pierces people. Their heart just goes back. But he wants them to repent. You know, it's up to them if they do or they don't. Later in this chapter, they tell them, uh, speak to no man in this, in this name. <laughs> in this name. Don't speak to nobody in this name. You can speak in any other name in this world, but Jesus' name, they were trying to push it all out. You know. It just encourages me. It should encourage you. That name above all names. Mark chapter 9, verse 31 to 32 says, For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise on the third day. He told his disciples, remember? They were like, what does he mean? You know, they couldn't understand it, right? Just like us before, we said we couldn't understand. But we see here in Acts, they understood that. You know, even in the beginning of the book of Acts, he says, hey, don't you remember how he said, you know, he was going to be killed and rise again on the third day, and they were filled with power. I like the books of Acts because it speaks of action. You know, it doesn't sleep of uh, sitting or sleeping, but of action, doing something about what you got in your hands, in your heart, in your lap. I remember when I got saved, I wanted to tell the whole world about Jesus. I still do. I have to work and I got things to do, but I still look for those opportunities. Because we know that He's the only way. And there's a lot of deceivers out there deceiving people, even Christians sitting in so-called pastors, under pastors who don't teach that. They teach them heresies, teach them lies. Uh, make profit off of them. Just the sound, just saying that scares me, you know. I would hate to be those people in those shoes. Hopefully they repent. Hmm. So, you know, they were encouraged. They're like, he rose the third day. They're telling people about it, right? They're excited. And we're still telling people about it. The message does not change. It does not need, need nothing added to it or taken from it. The message stays the same, what Jesus has done. Consistent. You know, other religions, they have concepts and stuff, you know, they say, but their stuff's changed all the time, you know. Whatever which way the, the world's turning, that's the way their doctrines change <laughs> to please the people. Christ's doctrine doesn't change, it stays the same. Romans 10, verse, chapter 10, verse 9 to 12 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is over 
all is rich to all who call upon him. And that's why these men are sharing that name because they know it's his name that they're going to be saved through. And you have these religious people coming against them. You know, don't be teaching. Don't be teaching in that name. Don't even be teaching about the resurrection. Same thing today, you know. I think the last vote, they're trying to pull them out of, out of the colleges and stuff like that. Maybe try to take pastors to jail, find people who do that, you know, because it can be a terrorist threat. That's a terrorist threat. Oh, you're threatening someone's life that way. You know, if that happened to me, hopefully I have the boldness and God give us the strength to any one of us, our pastors and all those who proclaim God's word. Man, I'll just be, I stand in front of the judge and be like, it's his word. You find him, you talk to him about it. <laughs> you know? But, you know, there's a law where, uh, I know in the gangs, it wasn't just the persons who committed the crime. If anybody knew about it or was around that surrounding, they get them all for that same crime. So, you know, imagine, you know, you were with Jesus, you know about Jesus, you talk to Jesus, you're all in trouble. <laughs> Fine, that's okay. We share with those in jail. If that would happen, and he would give us a boldness. Because I'm weak apart from him, as well as you. He's our strength. So they didn't want them to teach no more, or teach, um, preach in Jesus' name, the resurrection. Trying to stop them. I remember one time when I was going to Golden Springs when I first got saved. Uh, we used to go evangelizing to people. We went to this park behind Puente Hills Mall, if anybody knows where that's at. Um, and uh, we'd find in our flyers, you know, looking for opportunity. And then uh, we look, and all of a sudden we see these black and whites coming up <laughs> to us. You know, and the guy that was uh, leading it told me, Frank, you know, just walk away. You know, because of the way I look, I guess. I don't know why they would say that. <laughs> But uh, God protected me. But, uh, you know, they didn't want them to share that. You're not, you're not allowed to be teaching that or sharing that in the park here. And so they busted out with the, the paper they had of our rights, you know, to verbally speak what we want religiously, right? We have the right uh, to share about Jesus. It's the Constitution, right? It's in the Constitution, freedom of speech. But I thought it was crazy, man. You know, the spirit, it's a spirit thing going on, man. It's, wasn't those police, those police were probably just, you know, they were non-believers, their father, their daddy was Satan, you know, and they try to come and stop God's work. And he's always trying to stop God's work. But there's no weapon formed against it shall prosper against him. The gates of his Hades will not come against him. He's going to keep on. Verse 3, it says, And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Laid hands on them. They didn't put it on to pray or to anoint them. <laughs> they put them to take them to, in custody to jail. In Second Timothy two nine it says, "For which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, in, I in all things endure for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory." That's what Paul said. Remember when they arrested him? He was arrested a few times. And uh, he says, God's word's not chained, you know. You can't chain down God's word. You know, the Bible says even the rocks will cry out, right? Uh, but Paul, he knew his calling. Do you know your calling? God has a plan for each one of you. God has given you gifts, given me gifts. 
Are we using them to build up the body? Are we using what we have, what God's given us? You know, Paul, he says that for the elect's sake, you know, there was people out there, Paul knew they were going to receive Jesus. He didn't know who they were, but he shared with them. And that's what we're to do. You know, we can't pick and choose because I know none of you guys would have chose me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> as well as I, you. But there are those that God has saved and only God knows who those are. And there's people who preach that there's only the, those elect that God's changed, saved and the rest are going to hell, you know. We don't know who they are and they're not God. They don't know who we are. Only God knows. We're just called to proclaim. So they put them in custody. Wow, that's crazy. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word believed, and a number of the men came about to be about uh, 5,000. Man, the fruit, right? 5,000, that's a lot, man. That's like, you see, we serve, we're going about our Father's business, we're planning, we're watering. And we see the increase sometimes, sometimes we don't. God sees it. We don't need to worry about that. But it does, it's still doing, it's doing effect. You who go to work or t uh, shared with your family or live in that life, that Christian life, they see it. You know, they might get saved. And you may be like, wow, man, you know. I'm still waiting for my brothers to get saved. You know, my aunt got saved and my, my cousin has and her husband. But man, these people are going to be saved. Look at that, 5,000. Hmm, that's beautiful. In Isaiah chapter 55, 10 to 11, it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. That's God saying that. We're just responsible to share it, to live it. God will do the rest. Imagine, we can go for nights if we shared about how many times people have shared to you about Jesus. I know I was, I wasn't trying to hide from him, but I would go, you know, I was a roamer, man. I go everywhere, you know. And people in a lot of places would tell me the same thing about Jesus. It was him seeking after me, you know. And so his word's going to go forth and it's going to accomplish that what, it, what pleases him, you know. It's going to save some and some, it's going to turn them hatred toward him, you know. Pharaoh, God gave him the opportunity to repent. He kept hardening his heart and finally God said, there you go. That's what you want. I love you so much that I'll give you to whatever you want, you know, that's what you want. And sad people, that's what they want, a lot of them. Matter of fact, even when he comes, they're going to say, hide us from him who, who comes to, you know, judge us. They're not going to repent. They're going to still say, hide us from him. Man, he was reaching out to love them, and yet they're pushing him away. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 8 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now we who plant and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor so it's not you know those who are 
going out there and sharing or those who are preaching, you know, it's, some are planning, some are watering, but God gives the increase, you know. God gives the increase. It's amazing, right? We have people who go out on Fridays that we should pray for that share the gospel. I was a, it's a blessing to me. I used to do it for years. Not as about me. I don't, you know, that's just the thing I did for years, and uh, I loved it. But I never seen no people get saved and come to church. <laughs> I was like, man, what's up? Maybe my tongue is is not working or something. And you know, later on, man, you see all these people coming to church. You're like, what? You know, hey, look at you know every Sunday it seems like Tony would say, hey. So-and-so got saved, or so-and-so got saved, or this. I'm like, wow. But you know what? Neither one of those people are nothing. Neither one of us are. You know what? We do our job. We do our, what God has called us, and God gives the increase. That's what we say. Oh, praise you, Lord. We give all glory and honor to you. You see, it's not Xavier who just preaches on there. He has his thing to do. It's not those who just clean the toilet bowls or sweep the parking lots we're all one body and we all have one gift you know some of us might be toes pinkies like me uh, ears but God is the head of the church Jesus Christ is the head of the church and so I thought it's so beautiful man just everybody's doing their part right and God's giving the increase man you see people come to church uh, here that you haven't seen before man you know it's like it's beautiful and so it's not about the person who plants or waters, but it's about him who works through that, who, who gives the increase. Matthew verse uh, 6.21 says, For we are your, or for your treasure is, there your heart will be also, Jesus said. Where is your heart and my heart today? Have you grown weary today? Have you been saved 25 years? Are you tired We need to be encouraged daily, as the Bible says, as needed. You know, we shouldn't get tired. We shouldn't give up. You know, we need to pray for one another. You know, pray, Lord, stir up that fire within my heart. Because I feel like sometimes I've gone cold from where I first got saved. But I haven't, you know. I just got more obligations now. I'm married I got to take care of family, I got my granddaughters, my son, you know, so things change, but, you know, as soon as I think that, man, God always opens doors to share with somebody, it encourages me, because not one of you is disqualified, you're here right now, still coming to church, God wants to use you, man, it's amazing, because these guys amaze me, because they still continue to teach God's word, and it seems like it doesn't change their zeal for God. What, what can happen? Not coming to church, not fellowshipping, not being in His Word, not being in, in love with Him. Is there something in this world that's, that's taken our hearts? Is there a girl? Is there a job? Is it success? Something? Worries? Is it some pain in your bodies? You know, this is where your heart is, there your treasure will be. I need my treasure. I want my treasure in heaven. I want my heart there in, in heaven. It's not nothing wrong to say we take care of stuff down here. 
But a lot of times we get too focused on the stuff down here or the situations or, or sickness and we forget about looking to Him. God Almighty. First Peter chapter 3, verse 13 to 17 says, And he who, oh, and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for this righteousness sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give an, a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile you, your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Amen to that. <laughs> I used to suffer for doing bad things. <laughs> I would really suffer for doing good things. I really don't want to suffer at all, tell you the truth. But if it's for Christ, He laid His life down for me. I want to lay my life down for Him and for you, my brothers and my sisters. You know, it's a good thing. You know, who knows, the tide's going to get pretty rough pretty soon. Who knows, man, we got to be girded. You know, the Lord's been touching my heart with the kids, just uh, that they would be rooted and grounded, really teaching them, probably the same as I'm teaching you or sharing with you, because they're the next generation. And so, man, we used to always want to draw us back to that first love. That's been my prayer. Lord, draw me back to my first love. I don't want to grow cold. I don't want to walk away. I don't want to shame your name. So persecuted for Jesus' name. Now, we'll go into persecuted. Oh, testify to Jesus' name. Let me give you one more scripture of the persecuted for Jesus' name first. John chapter 15. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet you are not, a, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the, world, the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Jesus told his disciples. Jesus tells me and you. You know, those people, you know, especially when you, those who first get saved, you know, the persecution, comes, oh, you're a Christian, especially from your family or your friends. And if they don't last too long, they get all, What's, this is weird. And, and they split, they leave Jesus Christ because of the persecution. But he says, you follow him, they're going to hate you. It's because of him, not because of us. It's him. Always him. Don't take it personal. It's exciting, right? It's God is real. Just by the persecution itself, I'm like, man, they wouldn't be persecuted if, you know, if it wasn't right. <laughs> you know? So you're in good hands. Second Timothy 3.12 Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer per persecution. Matthew 5.11-16 
Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew 5, 43 to, 40, 43 to 45. talks about love your enemies. <laughs> While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what he's talking about. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Wow. And so we're to do the same, you know. We're not to hate them. We pray for them. We know they're lost. We need wisdom. You got to use wisdom, okay? You don't, oh, it's okay, you know. There's times to speak up and say something and take a stand. Sometimes it's times just to just back away and pray for them, you know. As we see throughout the scripture, and we're going to get to one right now about that. Testify to Jesus' name, verses 5 through 12. Testified means to bear witness on behalf of a person or cause. And our person is testifying of Jesus and what he's done. In verse 5 it says, And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, the elders, and the scribes, now the rulers, those are the ones that would rule the Jewish people, and you had the elders, you know, like we have elders in the church, you know, it's just the older people, or even like in your own home, your grandpa, you know, or my like my granddaughters say, Bampy, you know, they always come to Bampy and ask questions or, you know, because you're a little older, you know stuff, you know. These guys have evidently been around the Lord or God for a while and they should know. And so they have these guys and the scribes. Um, the scribes were those that were experts in legal matters. They were keepers of records, uh, teachers of the law. You know, if you've seen the movies, you've seen which ones I'm talking about. You know, they got the thing on and all that. So, they hit that beehive. I don't know if you ever hit a beehive, but <laughs> don't do that. You know, one or two will come after you, and then uh, a lot more will come after you. It's hard to get them away, man, you know. I remember one of my pastors did that one time. He, we're taking down this balcony in his backyard, and there was a beehive, and he, some bees came out, and he was boxing with that thing, man, and it kept coming at him, and bam, bam. And he go there, and it kept trying to get him, right? That reminds me of these guys. <laughs> you know, they send the... The priests, the captains, Sadducees came. Now the big dogs are coming, right? Uh, and it says in verse 6, As well as Ananias, the high priest, Cephas, John, and Alexander, and as many as, as, as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Let me just read this uh, scripture here because it's going to help us out here with this. Um, John chapter 11, verse 47 to 53 says, Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a, a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him go alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, one of them Cephas, the same guy we're talking about now, was the same guy there when Jesus, you know, they were trying to trick Jesus and set him up and judge him and get him killed, right? It's the same guy. Listen to this. Being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. Wow. <laughs> right on, Cephas. And not that the world, the whole nation should perish. Now this, he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. 
The same cave as many prophesied that Jesus was, was going to, there was going to be one man to die for the people, actually for the world, the whole world. This is that same Cephas. Some of these guys are the same ones were there when Jesus was uh, there. You know, the same guys. Annas is his, is his father-in-law. You know, so that's his, uh, his wife's uh, father. It's a family thing, you know, that kind of thing, you know. It's all in the Aaron priesthood. There's all the family thing there. Um, so Anias was Cephas' father-in-law. Cephas was one of the ones who prophesied that one man should give his life for the whole nation. John and Alexander, doesn't, couldn't find nothing about them guys. I know that's not Alexander the Great, so I don't know who it is. <laughs> and as many as ever were of the family of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. It's basically called the Sanhedrin. This was a meeting of ruling, kind of like a courtroom, right? You, you guys ever been to courtrooms? If you haven't, go to them. They're not nice. There's a courtroom. And the main character is the one who's being judged, right, always. <laughs> Um, it was a religious council known as the Sanhedrin. It's composed of 71 men. It took 23 of them to constitute a quorum. This one here was, was a legal, legally called meeting. And I'll get to that, what I mean by that. Jesus was an eagerly, illegal one. Okay, remember they tried to trick Jesus. They tried to get him by trickery and set up false witnesses against him, right? They seen him. He did many of signs. Matter of fact, it would be like, heal someone, you know, take your gift and go show it to the priest, you know. <laughs> and he did a lot of signs, you know. These guys are just, this, I believe this is the first one in Acts with this. So this one was a legally thing. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I'll get to that. Matthew 26, 3 says, Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Cephas and, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. The same people, remember, it's, there's that a courtroom scenery. These guys come to try to civil cases and all that. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 18, it says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the, or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. That was in their law. You know, so you could have this dude, he did sign, and they're like, okay, you know, let's see what he's going to do. Is he going to try to take people away from God? And if he is, he's a liar and we have to kill him, right, basically. That's where this is coming in. They did a sign, correct? Everybody believes that they did that sign in, the, in there in the Bible. The sign is notable. And now, they're going to ask them. In verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what names you have done this? So see, they're going back to Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 to 13. Their law, you know, if that happened, you know, they're supposed to see what that person is going to do. You know, if they're going to leave God's people astray. 
And God would do that sometimes to see if he was going to follow them or they're going to follow God. You know, there's many false prophets these days, and a lot of people fall after them. That's why they need to check the word of God first <laughs> before they follow someone, right? And so this is a legal, civil matter here. They're, they're trying here, trying to find out, you know, by what power or what name. Peter and John could have pleaded the Fifth Amendment. It was recognized you could not force a man to testify against himself, but they, but they didn't use the opportunity. You know, so they had a Fifth Amendment. They said, you know, I plead the Fifth. I mean, you've probably heard it before in movies or whatever. It means they couldn't get you to testify against yourself, you know, which you don't want to do that. You want some, don't, someone else to try to uh, protect you even if you're guilty. And so... Uh, they didn't want to use this opportunity. Instead, they wanted to use this opportunity to share the gospel with them. Awesome. Remember, we need wisdom. Situations arise, you need the wisdom. God, give me wisdom in this situation. Not all situations are the same. So you need God to give you wisdom in certain situations. Sometimes it's time to run. Sometimes it's sit there and go at it, you know, in loving way. Loving way. Remember, Jesus, the, uh, the high priest in Matthew 26, 59 through 65 said, I put you under an oath. Tell me if you are the Christ. Remember they told Jesus that, the high priest? He put, yeah, I put you under oath. He told Jesus, under God. <laughs> Jesus, what did he say? It is as you say. He didn't say it. He said, it just came out of your own mouth, my friend. You see that same kind of like the plead the fifth kind of thing. Jesus could say, I just told you. And he's been showing him and telling him, but... You know, it's funny that priest says, I put you under the oath of God. But Jesus told me, you know, came out of your own mouth, my friend. So he's going to use the opportunity instead of plead the faith and not say nothing. Thank God that God is our, uh, our defense. He's our intercessor. He goes before us when we mess up. You know, we go to God the Father for, and plead guilty to Him. And He takes care of us. He doesn't agree with sin or none of that, but he forgives us. He knows that we're but men and women, weak. He's our advocate. Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So he's addressing all these people now. He doesn't just pick certain people. He's addressing all of them. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and all the, to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. <laughs> they're testifying to the name of Jesus. You know, they're saying, it's God, it's Jesus who is, is the one who did this to this man. You see him here whole, as well as you and me, right? We're whole in, in our right minds, right? We've got the spirit and the soul and Jesus in our lives. We're in our right minds. He saved us. He's the one that sets people free. So they testified to the name of Jesus. Remember in uh, John chapter 16, 17, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do, if I depart, I will send him to you, Jesus said. So we empowered the Holy Spirit to be able to do these things. You know, it's not on their own strength. Because I would have probably ran or something. Or you know, try to get out of there. But they stood and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
like the beginning of Acts, that room shook. Abide in Jesus, he says. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So we want to be fruit bearers, but we need to abide in him. We can't do it on our own. And we can't just do what we want. He's given us gifts and talents. We need to be filled with his spirit and led by him. Then may be of his glory and for his name and by his power. Verse 11, this is the stone which the, was rejected by you builders has become the chief cornerstone. I went to an old church one time. I forget it was right here by the beach. But they have these stones that they stack up like this. You know, and then that one right here is kind of like, a, like that, like an octagon. And that thing sits in there. You know what that thing does? Young guys, you know what that thing does? It holds all the other ones together. It's crazy. Maybe the young guys or us, we can even try to put the rocks and start building them and hold them. And once you put that wedge, that cornerstone, they'll stay there. That's who Jesus is. He's the one that holds all things together by the word of his power. He got the whole world in his hand, right? You guys remember that song? He's, no, he's quoting in Psalms 118, verse 22. In Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 22, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ, Himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place, place of God and the Spirit. Us. You know, I'm going to tell you, we all have gifts. We're all using, we're all like a big church right here. Not the building, but us and those in the world that are true believers. He's that chief cornerstone. He's the one that holds it all together. 1 Peter 2, chapter 1, verse uh, through 4. Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good and gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You know, men are going to reject them. People are going to reject them, but it's chosen by God. He's the way... The truth and the life. Awesome, right? You guys excited? And then we're going to finish off here. Um, verses 13 to 22. Endured and preserved through Jesus' name. Now when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> You know, I'm always amazed, you know. I mean, it's cool. I mean, people say, hey, Frank, man, you know, that was a good study. And I, Praise the Lord, man, you know. Praise the Lord. But, you know, when you're reading His Word and you're studying, that happens, man, you know. Makes people look good. And it's Jesus who's working through us. <laughs> I know myself, right? I never even liked to read. And I'm saying that I'm good or anything I'm like that. Don't get me wrong. I never used to like to read. I think I read two books in my life. That was it. And I'm 47 right now. Bible's been my favorite because it's truth. It's life. It's not lies. It's not hypocrisy. It doesn't change. 
And when you study it and you put it together, man, you should be amazed. Wow. It's alive, man, you know. And it just makes people like, or sinners look, wow. <laughs> I can see why people will come and worship people or worship pastors. But it's not that pastor. It's Jesus. It's Jesus in the persons. Whether you're evangelist, whether you're a teacher, mom, dad, whatever you are. Any good thing that comes out of you is from Him. Anything bad comes out of you, it's you. <laughs> you know, I like this. They were fishermen, right? They were untrained, unskilled. And they said, who are you guys teaching? Why are you teaching you fishermen? What are you going to teach? Like, you know, God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, Paul said. <laughs> Paul's were educated. He trembling, he was feared, man. He was shaking, man, you know. Man, God's word. You know, when I study it myself, I'm careful and want to make sure there's no junk in that I share. And it's God that's working through us and working through me through His Holy Spirit. But I would hate to teach anybody uh, some lies or something, man. That's, uh, I would hate to be in the spot that a lot of these pastors are in right now. It's sad. Don't just trust in the, the pastors. We have beautiful, awesome pastors that study God's Word. I'm thankful for every pastor in the world who preaches God's Word and teaches it. But we still have to have our eyes on Jesus because He's our preacher. He's our teacher. He's our Lord and Savior. I'm thankful for every pastor who stays confident in God's Word and what God has called him to be. It's sad that people raise up people or men and want to exalt them. And for men to accept that, you know, nothing good in us but Him, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.10, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Being filled with His Spirit as you study His Word, man, He illuminates to you His Word, man. It's just awesome. It's like water to your soul, right? You know, when you're running, if you run or you jog or you work, you get a nice cup of water, cold water. Ah, oh, refreshing, right? That's how God's Word is to our soul. You see how important it is to study His Word, to read His Word. Because the things in this world will fill you and you'll feel down and sad, just like the sad you see. But God's Word will lift you up, it'll build you up. He wants us to, to uh, study it, to read it. 1 Corinthians, 1, 20, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 20, verse 26 to 31. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. No flesh should glory in His presence. 
But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Galatians 1, chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, But I make it known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ, Paul said. Psalms 19, verse 7 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous. Altogether more to be desired are they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, them, moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them is great reward. God's Word. God's Word and our instruction. He's our instructor. How we're to live our lives, how we're to love our wives, how we're to love our husbands, how we're to treat each other here, love one another, brethren. As I have loved you, Jesus said. How are to love those who hate Jesus? How are to love them? Verse 14, And seeing the man whom he had healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it, but when they had commanded that them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. You know, they're all, What should we do? I don't know. It's really, I don't know what's man. It's like Jesus. I know what. Ooh, you know, they're conferring back there. Verse 16, saying, What shall we do for the, to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. They cannot deny the miracle of that sign, right? They cannot. Just as well as they cannot deny that you are saved, your family, your friends, whoever. They see that work in you, that newness in you, that new life. Verse 17, but... So that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that they may know from now on not speak to no man in this name. Threat. Trying to scare them, threaten them, just like today, right? Could get worse, or who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? What would they really tell you? If you share in Jesus' name, we're taking you to jail. What would you do? What would I do? We're going to bow to them or bow to God? Really? I don't know. I'm a coward without him, so I hope that I'm filled with his spirit. If that should come in our day, that we would stand for the name of Jesus because of the name of Jesus. So that, verse 18, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. You know, later on, he's going to tell them again. He said, didn't we tell you not to teach in this name? <laughs> you know, he's going to say, hey, whether it's right for you, for us to listen to you or God, you judge it. And later on, he tells them, we're going to listen to God, not you. That's the only time we're supposed to go against the law and all that. When they tell you not to pray, when they tell you not to share God's word, when they tell you not to live God's word, or to obey the laws of the land. But if they come to tell you this, which they're trying to do now, we have to listen. Because then they're coming against God himself. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in your sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. 
For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. So there was a lot of people. You know, when you stir up a crowd, man, you ever see those people, like you think it's Italy, they open these doors and all these people are running through the, through the city in the booths chasing them. Everybody's like, ah, they're throwing people, like, get out of my way. You don't want to get hit by the bull. They don't want to stir up nothing they, because uh, the people who, who believed were more than them, you know. That's why the police always try to surround the crowds and, you know, keep them down from gathering because once you build a good crowd, my friends, can't stop that wave. So they didn't want to do nothing more because the people said, you know, this is real. So when they had further trained them, they let, let them go, finding no way of punishing them because the people, because of the people, since they glorified God for what had been done, for the man was over 40 years old, of whom this miracle of healing had been performed. One thing is amazing, for 40 years from birth he was like this. Man. I was bound by sin for 27 years before I got saved. And when Jesus set me free, I was, oh, my, I was, oh, it's like a big old rock coming off of you. You guys remember that? Girls remember that? Remember when you first got saved? Man, just forgiven, no guilt. Can you imagine this man after 40 years walking with his leg like that, or his ankle? Couldn't play football with his friends. Couldn't run around with his little friends. Kind of like stuck in there. He's set free. He's just holding on to Peter and John. Praising God. You need to go back to remember what Jesus did for you. Still wants to do the same. It's new every day. You can't go back to the old stuff. What is he doing in your life today? Where are you at today? Where am I at today with him? And I'm going to finish up with one more and that's it. So, persecuted for Jesus' name. Verses 1 through 4, testified to the name, to Jesus' name, verses 5 through 12, and endured and preserved through Jesus' name, verses 13 to 22. And let me just leave you off with this one encouragement, if you guys would bear with me. Romans 8, chapter 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You answer these questions and I answer these questions myself. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are encountered as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. What are you going through right now? Put that scripture to yourself. Is it pain that you wanted to separate you? Something, a friend left, whatever it might be. Family don't like you no more. The stuff that's going on at work, people talking about you, stuff that's not true. What will separate you? What will separate me? Let's remember this, and I'll close after this. We've got to remember where this is a spiritual battle. You all with me? Sometimes I guess we forget that 
we think it's like a here or there, you know, one-on-one situation, but it's a spiritual thing that's going on. Those who are persecuting Christians, coming against Jesus Christ. I always tell my kids, you're either uh, children of the devil or you're children of God. You have the children of God, you have the children of the devil who don't know what they're doing. They're blind, they're under the sway of the wicked one, and they follow his cunning ways. Whether it be a policeman, whether it be a military man, whether it be your mom or your aunt, the enemy will use them to come against God's own. But we got to remember, we have to love them and shine that light. And I want to finish off with this because this is a spiritual battle. Don't forget it. It's something we can't see. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You guys get that? You know, these religions coming against Christians, lawmakers coming against Christians, they're actually coming against Jesus Christ. But they're trying to come against us thinking that, you know, wipe us out, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. What are your weapons? (laughs) You got prayer and His Word and His Spirit. Prayer, His Word, and His Spirit. It's all you need. The three. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which, is, which you will be able to quench the f- fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, being watchful. To this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we need to be praying for our pastors, for one another, for our marriages, for our kids. And I can't say like, it's on, it's been on since Jesus rose again, you know. Let us pray. Dear Father, we come before you, Lord. A name above all names, Father. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these testimonies in in your word, Father, of the works that you've done through these men. And you still want to do, Lord, through us, Lord. Father, give us the boldness, Lord, to love the people, Lord, even as you love them to death, Lord. Even no matter what comes against us, Lord, our families, threats, finances, whatever, Lord. Give us the boldness to walk in you and love you, Lord. Let me be counted worthy of your calling, which we've been called, Lord. Pray you protect my brothers and sisters and their families, our kids. Pray you use this church for your glory, Father. Be glorified in all of us, Lord. Give you all the glory and the praise. In the name of Jesus, amen.